time. It's time to hit the ice, Penguin fans. Chris Mack has you covered with all the news and notes surrounding, surrounding your Penguin. Only on 5th Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in another edition of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack of the Fan Morning Show, 93.7 The Fan. Odyssey is where you go, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You subscribe to Fifth Avenue Faceoff. And then those episodes, they just start showing up when they're ready to go like this one did. And you get to listen to them, in this case, in the hours leading up to what will be the first of six games in 10 days. You heard me talk about it a lot. We're going to continue to talk about it a lot because this stretch run is super important to the Pittsburgh Penguins who... Currently, they've got four games in hand on the New York Islanders who they play tonight out on Long Island. Uh, Only two points ahead in the standings. What does that mean? It means if you want those games in hand to mean anything, you better start winning them. And Josh Roundtree of 93.7 The Fan and Odyssey was at Penguins practice yesterday before they shipped out for Long Island. Josh, thanks for taking the time on a Friday. We appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm uh, glad to glad to make my debut here on uh, on the podcast. And I'm waiting anxiously because I'm in my kitchen and I just know any second now the mailman's going to show up and the dog's going to lose his yes. mind. and It's going to be a great moment for your podcast. So, you know uh, what? <laughs> just just be ready, Chris. It's going to come here any second. It wouldn't be the first time a small <laughs> dog lost its mind while a mailman pulled up because it's happened to me. And the, the literally the front window is right above me. I'm down in the basement, down in the game room area, and the dog will lose her mind here as well when the mail comes. Yep. So yeah, it's gonna happen. <laughs> it, we'll live it together, Josh. We'll live it together. It's okay. Um, so you you were at practice yesterday. No Tristan Jari is the first takeaway. I know Mike Sullivan said it was all pre-planned and pre-scheduled, and that. Uh, they're just, you know, getting a checkup on Jari and he'll be in New York with the team. Um, this is in this Tyler Kennedy said this to me earlier this morning on the fan morning show. He said, you got to plug in Jari as much as possible at this point. He knows that Sullivan probably won't do it. He'll, he'll play each guy on the, uh, each half of a back to back. But he said, Hey, if you get Jari back, plug him in right away and play him back to back games in some instances to get him ramped up and ready for the playoffs. Again, I don't think Mike Sullivan will do that, but what do you expect the goaltending alignment looks like this weekend uh, on Long Island Friday night and then Saturday afternoon evening back home against the Devils? Well, I, I guess the first, you know, first things first, Chris, is Tristan Jari going to actually be able to play? I mean, we've been right. hearing that for a little while now that he's close. I mean, remember, go back to the, initial flare-up, I guess, uh, of the injury. And the Penguins said, and and Sullivan said, that it would be a couple of games, then they had the All-Star break, and then he'd be back after that. Well, that hasn't exactly, you know, played out the way that I think they had hoped, and and Jari's been out for an extended time now. I mean, look, there's no way at all that he plays back-to-back games this weekend. I mean, that's not going to happen. I think if he can play one game this weekend – that would be probably a, a really good thing for the Penguins to get him back in there. My guess is um, that he plays maybe the second, that they go with the Smith just to kind of work Jari back in, get him on the bench, get him do some pregame warm-ups, things like that. And then uh, maybe he's good to go uh, in, in Saturday's game against uh, against the Devils. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, a kind of an odd situation because, look, I mean, there's, there's so many question marks about the guy. Uh, and I think he's had, when he's been healthy and been in there, he's been impressive, right? I mean, he's had some really strong games. He's had some really good runs as well. 
But let's be honest, nobody in this town is going to trust the guy until he proves that he can go win right. a playoff series or a couple playoff series. And now it's not just performance-based. It's health-based as well, the reason that people are questioning him. questioning him. He missed, what, six of the seven games last year, and he fought to get back, and you commend him for fighting to get back on the ice for game seven last year against the Rangers. But there's there's going to be that looming question mark over his head on who Tristan Jari is, if he's a legitimate number one goalie for this team. And I just think people, you know, especially just the casual fan, is not going to buy into Tristan Jari until he proves it. And right now, he's not available. Yeah, and that loops us back around to what the Penguins do with the trade deadline, which is the biggest question with the deadline now sitting just two weeks out on the horizon. And I don't think it's a high priority for Ron Hextall. It may not even be on his radar adding goaltending. Uh, but it, it, it's something I think a lot of people would prefer the Penguins consider because they'd like to see a more dependable backup. And it, it, it's just as much related to, to your point, the belief in Jari as it is uh, a lack of belief maybe in Casey DeSmith based on the way he's played this season. There's not really a guy that you look at, to your point, until Jari does it and shows that he can do it, proves it, that you feel fantastic about going into the playoffs. DeSmith, before he got hurt last year, you f- you feel like maybe he would have been enough to get them through the Rangers series, uh, but we'll never know. Uh, neither one of these guys right now is, is a guy, and look, maybe there's no one out there at the deadline to be had like this, who yeah. you say, all right, I, if I need him to steal a game or two in a series to get us through a round, that guy can do that. Yeah, I, I can't see them trading for a goalie at the deadline, Chris. That that would be surprising to me unless unless there's some sort of setback between now and the deadline with Jari or if DeSmith gets hurt or something like that. Then maybe that door opens. I mean, and, and I think in a a bigger scale side of things here, I mean, what do you want to give up for potentially a backup goalie? What are you willing to part with right now? Is it worth it to part with anything really uh, of significant value at all, given the state of this team? It's probably not a team that's going to go win a championship. I mean, I think that's pretty much a given at this point. It would be surprising to me, even if they made a run, you know, to the conference finals. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it's going to be, I think, a a challenge for them to win a playoff series this year. Um, And and first things first, they have to get there, right? So I, I can't see that happening, but... Um, again, between now and then, depending on Jari's situation, I mean, maybe their hand is, is forced a little bit. Uh, I think though, that they're probably a little bit more, they're probably a little bit more comfortable right now with Casey DeSmith than they were say three, four weeks ago. I mean, I I think he's coming off a, a really solid performance, uh, against San Jose. I thought he played really, really well in that game against Colorado, uh, what, 10 days ago. I mean, I thought he, he really stole the game for them, a game that they were, I mean, the first. 30, 40 minutes, they were absolutely dominated uh, yeah. by the defending champs. And, and I thought he kind of kept them in that thing. And then really the San Jose game the other night, I mean, I didn't think they played all that well. And the Smith made, what, 38 saves or something like that. And they ended up uh, they ended up finding a way to win. And that's kind of the one thing where if you talk about, you know, three of the last four games, yeah, they got blown out that one game in L.A. Um, but again, that's, you know, back-to-back. They haven't been good in the second half of back-to-back games this year at all. But I, I do think that, they have found a way to, you know, when they haven't maybe played at their best, to, to find a way to win. They did it in San Jose. They did it uh, against a good team, obviously, in Colorado. And, um, you know, I think that's maybe a positive sign for them. But 
as far as you know, goaltending goes, I think they'll probably just ride with Jari and DeSmith and, and hope that Jari shakes off whatever ailment uh, has been plaguing him here, and, and that they're you know they're going to have a healthy goaltending situation heading into the postseason. Should they you know, should they get there? Yeah, and, and the other part of it too is: would you want to waste resources? Not waste. That's not the right word. But would you want to use resources? particularly cap resources on trying to acquire a goaltender. Yeah, it would involve shipping uh, DeSmith out most likely, and and but that's only a $1.8 million cap hit, and are you going to be able to bring back a veteran around that same cost? And the cap is already such an entanglement for Ron Hextall. It's this behemoth he's trying to wrestle with as he talks about making moves with teams, and he says he doesn't want to use that first-round draft pick uh, to foist cap space off on someone else. But I have to believe that he's got to, he's, he's just negotiating through the media there, in my opinion, when he said a couple weeks ago, as he did, he doesn't want to deal the first round pick. It's got to be on the table if he's really going to allow himself to make the kind of move that's necessary for this team to go from being, okay, we'll just be happy to actually win a round of the playoffs this year, as opposed to a team that may actually be able to win a round or two and create some momentum in the playoffs. That's going to require the kind of move that's you're you're trading out established players, you're trading out a first round draft pick, you're moving a, a lot of different resources onto the table. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think the question for Ron Hextall is: Is he here for a good time or a long time? You know, and I think we've had a couple of GMs here in Pittsburgh before that were here for a good time. Uh, and, and you know, I thought Jim Rutherford was uh, very aggressive uh, and bordered maybe not even bordered, but got careless at times with trading assets and trading draft picks. And, you know, let's be honest, the future of the Pittsburgh Penguins looks very, very shaky right now because of that, because they just have not been able to build organizational depth, in, especially in key positions, um, like they should have and like they could have if they had some of those picks. Now, look, I, I don't, that's not to say that they were necessarily wrong in being aggressive. You had Crosby, Malkin, Latang. I mean, you had Gensel, I mean, you had, a core group that was, you thought, talented enough to win you multiple playoff rounds, to win you potentially Stanley Cups. It did win two Stanley Cups, and they got aggressive during that. So it wasn't the wrong mindset to have. But now if you're Ron Hextall, it's a little bit of damage control, right? You're trying to make sure that you don't part with too many assets, too many high draft picks right now, because you do start to think, you know, post-Crosby, post-Malkin, and even towards the end of their careers, how do you kind of bridge that gap so that you don't go into the doldrums and you have four, five, six years where there's nobody in the arena, the team's finishing at the bottom of the standings. I mean, that's something that the organization really, I think, cares about and has to think about. And they've been super aggressive towards winning and it's earned them a lot of you know goodwill, good faith in this town. There's no question about it. But let's be honest, this team, even with Crosby and Malkin, the attendance has gone down. There's been less and less, I think, interest overall in the team than there was, say, when they were coming off their Stanley Cup victories the last couple of years. And I think if you're the Penguins, you need to make sure that you don't dive too far deep because you could be looking at a very, very bad situation here where there's a lot of interest lost in this team and a lot of money lost because of the interest loss. So I think he has to, from a, a team standpoint, he's looking at it one way. From a business standpoint, he has to keep that in mind as well when he talks about making trades and trying to build this team up so that they can be competitive in the future. You know, that's the, that's the other part of this. that's very interesting that I think I'll be honest, I lose sight of sometimes Josh. And I, because when you're, when you consider yourself and I would think most people that are downloading a hockey podcast are hardcore hockey fans. Right. And so 
you are like I was going to go to student rush games, even if Rico Fata is the main attraction, right? Like 15 bucks right on the glass, man. Yeah, baby. That was the best back (laughs) in the day. But for people who are, to your point, you, you brought up common fans, average fans, people who are fans of sports in general. And I don't want to call them front runners, but they want their teams to be good if they're going to spend money on them. Disposable income is what it is, and it's not growing. It's shrinking. Right. So uh, if, if people are going to spend their money on the team, they want to know that the product is going to be good. They're not going down to the arena to watch, no disrespect, Teddy Bluger and Drew O'Connor. They're going down there to watch Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel and Evgeny Malkin. And so with all that being said, yeah, you want to be all in on winning now. I get that. And I certainly am. And I think that should be the angle for Hextall. But if the directive from Fenway Sports Group, there's the mail, by the way. (laughs) There was no doubt in my mind that it was going to come. So (laughs) we're going to ride it out. We're going to ride it out. Yeah, it'll go. It'll go for a good 20, 30 seconds here. And maybe I just move. Maybe I just. Get no, out of the way. Maybe we just go for a walk through my kitchen here. Get away from the dog. You're good. He's not going to stop. He's, I mean, there's the, no stopping him. He wants to kill the guy. And <laughs> the guy's never done anything but bring him treats and toys. That's all that's ever happened. All right. I think he's done. Look, see, it's done already. Yeah. Oh. So, but back to the. <laughs> you got a nice tour of my kitchen, though, at least. How about yeah, it's, that? It's very nice. I like what you've done with it. Um, so, but if Fenway Sports Group's directive is, hey, we can't be we're a franchise that can't be losing money in five years when Sidney Crosby decides to walk away and retire. If it's in five years, if, if Genny Malkin is done, if Chris Letang, if they're, if all three guys decide to go out together at the same time, we need to have somebody here who's going to draw the average everyday sports fan in. And that means you can't trade all the first round picks away. Then I get where the pressure comes in on Hextall at yeah. that point. Um, but I think that's a hard adjustment for Penguin fans to make from, wait, we're all in all the time. You re-signed Malkin and Latang. The band is back together. I, I thought we were going for it, Hexy. What's what's happening here? And I think it's, it's, it's very hard to reconcile those two things. We brought 71 and 58 back, but we also have to think about the future. Well, my question is, did they bring 71 and 58 back to actually make a run at it? Or did they bring them back more because they wanted to keep the band together? Yes. I mean, was that the best play for the organization was bringing those two guys back and not, you know, Evgeny Malkin's had a a strong year. I mean, he's, there's Mm -hmm. no doubt about that. I don't know that if they would have got rid of Evgeny Malkin, that they would have brought in a piece or pieces that would have had the production that Evgeny Malkin has had this year. I, I, I don't know that, but, um, that question I think is a legitimate one, Chris, you know, was that the best move for the organization in a long-term sense? Was it maybe good for the 2022-23 version of the Penguins? Probably. Is it going to be good for the 2025 version of the Penguins? I don't know if that's the question. And and you're right. I mean, there is, I think, and, and you're right, we get so swept up with the on-the-ice you know, concerns and logistics of this team that we forget that there's a business side of this as well. Mm-hmm. And I think the Penguins are at an, a very interesting point again, where they have to start to look at the fact that their business could be heading into a downturn. And, you know, I think that's why we saw a sale of the team. I, I think that's that played a role in that, that maybe there's some writing on the wall there. Um, but 
this should be an organization, given the financial backing that they have, that is willing to spend towards the cap. So with things like free agency, maybe you can bridge that gap a little bit, but they're certainly going to be put in a, a, a tough spot where they don't have a ton of organizational depth that's able to come up. And I, I think any good NHL team probably needs that to an extent to be able to compete. And, and I think that's what Ron Hextall is probably weighing here in the next two weeks of, hey, how, how many assets do I want to part with? How many draft picks do I want to part with? How is this going to have ramifications on two years from now, three years from now, four years from now? I think that that's what Jim Rutherford never thought of, to be honest, and, and maybe rightfully so. But it's what Ron Hextall has to think of now. Yeah, and it's the biggest adjustment for us as, as people who watch the team, as fans, is you know we're two years into the Hextall era now, and it's still trying to adjust to oh, wait, this guy isn't going to tell us exactly what he's thinking all the time, and he's not going to be all in on every big name that he can't. Because what, what belies the fact that the Penguins, that, that Ron Hextall is more conservative, is the fact that he did go out and get Ricard Raquel last year. He did go out and right. get Jeff Carter the year before that. So he's got it in there, which is what gives people hope that, hey, maybe there is a big move to be made. Uh, you know, maybe he will go out and get someone. Maybe he'll make a splash. Um, maybe Timo Meyer somehow ends up a penguin on March 3rd. I don't think it's likely, but I think when you see the fact that Hextall has tried his damnedest to balance both and still walked away from the trade deadline with a shiny new toy each year, people are going to be very disappointed if he actually does balance things this year, the future and the current especially with a team that so quite clearly needs some additions in order to push them past a Boston or a Carolina into the second round. So we'll see where it goes. Like I've been saying uh, all day, six games in 10 days is a lot. A pair of back-to-backs is a lot for a team of this age, the oldest team in the league, and a team that's just abjectly horrid on the second night of back-to-back situations so we'll yeah. see if they can make the most of it and at least get points against the islanders and put some distance between themselves and those teams that are on the the playoff bubble right now josh uh go get the dog a treat i appreciate you taking the time uh enjoy the rest of your weekend and thanks for uh thanks for giving me a few minutes absolutely appreciate it apologies for the dog uh but i'm not gonna punish him because I, I just he's a good boy yeah, who's a good is. boy yeah he he's right. gonna go to some bets right now <laughs> thanks Chris. Right, thanks josh great stuff from josh roundtree as we get ready to consume what is a big stretch of games here for the penguins starting with tonight out on long island you like to bet on games you like to bet on hockey maybe you've never bet on hockey before because you're not quite sure what do i do what's the best way to go about this we've got data for you reams and reams of data and someone to make sense of it all. Chris Otto of Otto's Hockey Portal, at PSU Otto on Twitter. He joins me next to tell you exactly what to look for in not just these Penguin games, but in games around the league, how to bet them, how to have some fun, how to make some money, and, well, we will talk what to look for with these Penguins specifically. That's next on Fifth Avenue Faceoff.